Blog Talk Radio. Trump tries to move election day. Uh, so I'm going to read you tweets, then I'm going to tell you why it can't happen. Then I'm going to tell you why it might happen. <laughs> there is one scenario in which case it would happen. And when I tell you it, you're going to be like, no. <laughs> and then ultimately, I'm going to tell you why uh, it might actually be positive news. Lots of twists and turns in this story. 
So first, uh, let's read you Donald Trump's tweet um, he's, uh, that he did this morning. Uh, he says, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, because he did mail-in voting. And now he's like, no, 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 that's not mail-in voting. I mailed it in, but it's absentee voting. Big difference. Not really. Uh, anyway, uh, he goes, 2020 will be the most, in, and then now in caps, uh, inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It hasn't happened yet. And how do you know it's going to be inaccurate and fraudulent? And you're the president. You can actually take rational action to prevent a fraudulent election if you think it's going to happen. Even if you weren't involved in that election, you should take action to prevent it from happening if you already know that it's going to be fraudulent. Isn't that a strange thing for a president to say, especially if you're involved in the race? Nah, he's just making stuff up, throwing it up against the wall. I'm going to lose! I'm going to lose! That's basically what this is. I can't wait to get to the polls. I can't wait to tell you what uh, Fox News analyst said about it. Anyway, let me keep going. He says, it will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly and securely and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay. He put those in there. Um, no. No, we're not going to delay the election. And, uh, and you can't delay the election. But first, the told you. Um, told you. He doesn't care about democracy. Okay. Oh, our system of government. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. It'd be good. He'd move that date. He'd move it so quick, and he'd move it to never. That's where he'd move it. He'd keep moving it out more and more and more, trying to get an advantage. Can I increase my polling? Let me get the Fed to lower rates again. Can the Fed go to minus interest rate? I don't know. I'll try to force them into it. I'll just wait for a coronavirus to magically disappear. Then I'll have the election. Get out of here. By the way, I love the smell of Trump panic in the morning. Like when he gets up in the morning, he's so insecure. He's such a wreck. That gives me great comfort. Like he's the president of the United States, he's theoretically a billionaire. He should be the happiest guy on earth. He should have, you know, they, you know, they how they, the right wing's like, oh man, he lives rent free inside your head. No, dude, he lives rent free inside his own head, man. Okay, he's like, what's happening? I'm gonna lose. Oh my god, what the hell? That's how he wakes up. What's Fox News saying? What's Joe Scarborough saying? I don't care about Joe. He's losing in the radio. Oh, what is he saying though? What is he saying? That's how he wakes up. I love it. I love that panic. And it's right away, right away, the minute he wakes up, he's in a cold sweat over what a disaster he is. He knows it. He knows what a disaster he is. Okay, so, um, in fact, I'll tell you right now, Chris uh, Steyerwald, diehard uh, right-winger on Fox News, who we have picked apart many times before, he sees this, he goes on Fox News, he's like, it's weakness. Donald Trump knows how weak his position is. And, and screaming out like this just telegraphs how weak you are. Like, yes! Even Fox News is like, ah, okay, the guy's pathetic. He's pathetic, okay? So, uh, number one, he doesn't care about democracy, told you. Number two, he doesn't do his homework. I've told you this a thousand times. And look, if you're anti-Trump, you already get it, right? Although you probably enjoy, like, when he uh, does a cell phone like this, which I'll explain the cell phone in a second. Um, but, uh, but if you're a Trump supporter or you're somewhere in the middle, you don't watch much news or whatever, um, you, you really have this, I mean, at this 
super late date, you don't get how unintelligent he is, how unprepared he is. And, and why do we absolutely bungle uh, protective equipment, testing, tracing, coronavirus? Why are we never lead the world in coronavirus cases and deaths? Uh, it's because the guy doesn't do his homework. He's supposed to be president. He's supposed to protect all of us. But he doesn't care to do that. He's like, oh, when do I get to play golf? I want to watch TV. Ah, such a little baby. Anyways, uh, so why didn't, what do you mean? Uh, what do I mean in this case that uh, he doesn't do so much? Well, all you had to do was ask anybody. Uh, in fact, you could have just um, Googled it. <laughs> but you're the president. You have thousands of people on your staff. Just ask one person. You wake up in a cold sweat, Patty. You're oh, I'm a loser. I'm going to lose. Jared. Can, can you look up something for me? Stephen Miller, can you look up something for me? Ask them. Ask them. They're not the brightest bulbs, but they're smarter than you, and they, can, they, and they have access to Google. So can a president delay an election? The answer is really simple. No. It's the law that the election is to be held on November 3rd. How do you change the law? Oh, you need a bill. Like the guy didn't even watch those little cartoons after the Super Friends. <laughs> we all saw it when we were kids. We all saw it when we took high school civics class or junior high. We, you have to have a law. How do you pass a law? He's president. He doesn't know how to pass a law. He's president for four years. Okay, you have to have both houses of Congress pass the law, and then the president sign it into effect. Now, do you think the uh, Democrats in the House are going to pass a law saying, oh, sure, let's move the election day to help Donald Trump? And this is where I go, oh, no, what if they did? <laughs> okay, so this is, this is one of the twists. I was like, he, he, they, obviously that can't happen. And I was like, the Democrats have really let him have almost everything he wanted. The defense bills, the spying on us, you name it, Nancy Pelosi has given it to Donald Trump. She wouldn't move the election for him, would she? Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you if anyone could snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, it's the Democratic Party. So, yes, it would be insane and unthinkable and at maybe maybe at that point the media and the Democratic uh, base overall might go, "Huh. Maybe she's not a genius." Right? But even then, I'm not positive. They're like, oh, genius move to keep Donald Trump in office for four more years. Nancy Pelosi nailed it. Uh, so, but look, I was going to say kidding aside. It's not kidding. There's nothing the Democrats couldn't bungle. They lost to him in the first place in 2016. One of the least intelligent people in the country, and they lost to him. Anyway, but 99% chance that that will not happen. Even Nancy Pelosi is, and Chuck Schumer and all those idiots are that stupid, are they? Anyway, and, and yes, the world would come down on them if they agreed with Trump to move the election. I mean, that is just beyond unimaginable. And if you're wondering why Pelosi gives them all this stuff anyway and, and doesn't seem to really do much, uh, it's because she raises so much money because Donald Trump's in office. Donald Trump's the boogeyman. And I went like this to him, and I tore up some papers, and I wagged my finger at him. like, yes, and they throw millions of dollars at her and the Democratic Party. But even so, my guess is they would lose that money if they helped Trump to actually stay in office. So there are bounds of reasons. Uh, so now, it's not just legal, though. It's also constitutional. So even if he were to move it, he cannot move it past January 2nd. 
<laughs> well, January 19th. Okay, so Congress has to be sworn in on January 3rd, um, but the president's new term must begin on January 20th, and that's based on the United States Constitution. So that one, you even Nancy Pelosi couldn't change. What they would have to do is they'd have to pass a constitutional amendment to change that. There is a 0% chance that they're going to pass a constitutional amendment to change that in this amount of time. <laughs> that is beyond zero. No chance at all. So, obviously, you have to have the election before January 20th. It's a constitutional mandate. Even the Democrats couldn't bungle that. Um, so, that he, didn't, he didn't check. He didn't check to see what the law was. He didn't check to see how to change the law. He didn't check to what was in the Constitution. He didn't check to see what he could do about the Constitution. He has all of these, I say thousands, literally tens of thousands of people at his disposal on his staff. He's the most powerful man on earth. He also has Google at his disposal. You have, you have Twitter on your phone, presumably. You also have Google on your phone. Check Google. Okay. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about moving the election, dude. <laughs> what an embarrassment. What an unbelievable embarrassment. Okay. Now, um, final thing uh, is uh, why could this be good news? Um, that's a twist. Well, uh, because idiot right-wingers will listen to anything Trump says. So hold. By the way, I want to thank uh, Hugo Evlono, sorry about the, uh, the name pronunciation, and Nikki Dearescogo, who are Young Turks members. When I do the live videos, I see all your uh, you, uh, Young Turks YouTube member names. Uh, if you hit the join button below on YouTube, that's uh, a great way of supporting the show. Rum did it. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and you all get badges so I can get the, I can see the badges.
Now, the U.S. leads the world in coronavirus cases by a lot. The U.S. is just over 4% of the world's population, yet represents 31% total cases. And the president somehow thinks that's a good thing. When we have a lot of cases, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as, in a certain respect, as being a good thing, because it means our testing is much better. So if we were testing a million people instead of 14 million people, we would have far few cases, right? So I view it as a badge of honor 
Really, it's a badge of honor. It's a great tribute to the testing and all of the work that a lot of professionals have done. I mean, aside from the fact that most believe that this president has botched this crisis from the get-go, and this will be known in history worldwide as a human catastrophe that he could have prevented. Um, and he's trying to deflect at all times. And Willie and Mike, he's uh, tweeting again all sorts of crazy things. Uh, once again, uh, tweeting conspiracy theories about Joe, falsely accusing him of murder, talking about the death of a young staffer in his congressional office years ago, and calling him dangerous to walk the streets. And I'll just say, I'll take a point of personal privilege here. That's sick. Donald, you're a sick person. You're a sick person. To put this family through this, to put her husband through this, to do this just because you're mad at Joe because Joe got you again today, because he speaks the truth and he speaks plainly about your lack of interest and empathy in others and your lack of ability to handle this massive human catastrophe, the fact that you've made it worse and that you make it worse every day and that you won't even wear a mask to protect people from your germs. But the germs you're spreading on Twitter, first of all, Twitter, you shouldn't be allowing this. And you should be taking these tweets down. And you should be ashamed of yourself. You'll be hearing from me on this, because this is BS. But Donald, you're a sick person. You're really a cruel, sick, disgusting person. And you can keep tweeting about Joe, but you're just hurting other people. And of course, you're hurting yourself. Willie, why don't you- Thanks for checking out MSNBC.
tweet this morning suggesting the presidential election, which, as you know, is coming up in less than 100 days, be delayed over mail-in voting. CBC's Katie Simpson is tracking the story live from Washington. What exactly is the U.S. president suggesting, Katie? Well, Suhanna, let's walk uh, Canadians through this. Here is the context, the bigger picture context. It's 8.46 in the morning. Really bad GDP numbers had just been released down here in the United States 16 minutes earlier, uh, showing that the American economy had slowed down significantly in the second quarter because of coronavirus. Not surprising, but numbers that are still devastating nonetheless. Those numbers came out at 8.30. 8.46, the president, as all of this news coverage around this issue, around the slowing economy, is on the mainstream American news network, the president fires off a tweet that uh, really upended the daily news cycle and is getting a lot of attention down here. Let's bring it on up. With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely and safely vote, he asks. So there are a couple of things we're going to break down about that tweet. First, we're going to start about delaying the election. The president does not have the power to change the election date. It is protected by the Constitution. This morning, after that tweet was published, Republicans and Democrats, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, have soundly and squarely rejected the idea. Uh, A lot of Republicans very firmly saying the election will be November 3rd. 
full stop. So it's not something that the president can do. The other concern that the president has repeatedly raised is about mail-in voter fraud. He's very clear to distinguish there's no problem with absentee voting because absentee voting is a practice that he has participated in, uh, voting in Florida when he was not actually in the state. He has made these claims uh, based on unfounded concerns about the potential for widespread mail-in voter fraud. If the states mail out ballots to voters and then send them in rather than absentee voting where someone requests a ballot for a reason in some cases and then sends it back in. In the United States, uh, the institution MIT took a look at the concerns around mail-in voter fraud. States have been doing it for more than 20 years and 250 million or so votes have been cast over those last 20 years. And of all those votes cast, there have just been 143 cases where people have been convicted for mail fraud, voter mail fraud in relation to that. So it is not a practice that is an issue here in the United States. However, the president has repeatedly gone after that issue because traditionally Republican candidates have done not as well in elections when the turnout is bigger. Mm -hmm. And again, because of coronavirus concerns, that's one reason people don't want to go to the polls. And so it, it's part of a bigger, much more complex issue. We're doing a special on voter fraud that will be, uh, we did a special piece that will air on Monday on the National and Monday at World at Six. So we have lots of that coming up. Excellent, and look forward to it. And let's just go a little bit further in this. I mean, Trump has no authority. The Oval Office has no authority to delay the election. But why do you think he is, he could be focusing on this today? There are a couple of big reasons. One, as I mentioned, the context around the economy. The president has really hinged his hopes to re-election before the pandemic began on a strong U.S. economy. It had been doing so well uh, with records, job numbers, record employment rates here in the United States. In re Donald Trump had really hoped that those strong numbers would propel him into a second term. But again, the pandemic has upended much of that. Another thing to raise. Today is the funeral for civil rights icon John Lewis, and a number of former presidents are speaking today publicly and will get a significant amount of attention. George Bush has spoken, Bill Clinton has spoken, Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House, just spoke, uh, and we're expecting Barack Obama to speak as well. Donald Trump has often demonstrated that he gets frustrated when he gets compared to Barack Obama. So at a time when Barack Obama is going to be in the spotlight, creating that contrast between his style of speaking publicly and offering a message of calm and unity. Contrast that with the messages that the president has really leaned into, particularly over the past few <clears> months uh, during the pandemic. That's a contrast that the president has illustrated isn't necessarily something that he likes. So that could be one issue. The president, again, if we take him at his word, may just be very, very concerned about male voter fraud um, and has deep concerns that the U.S. election is going to be upended that way. And there's one other thing to take into context here is that Donald Trump in national polls is falling behind his Democratic challenger, Joe Biden. He even went to Texas yesterday, which is traditionally safe Republican territory, because according to local polls there, a morning consult poll, he's trailing Joe Biden there by two points, which is uh, really uh, a staggering thought that in safe Republican Texas, the president, a Republican incumbent, is facing an uphill battle. We'll talk again. Thank you, Katie. CBC's Katie Simpson in Washington.